But now to another story from this year's RTE short story competition shortlist in honour of Francis McManus, as judged by writers Ferdia McKenna, Eilish Nagivna and Lisa McInerney. Startling, utterly convincing, emphatic and imaginative, with great flow and a marvellous colloquial voice in the words of the judges. This is A Nice Cup of Tea by Bernard Crowley. It's read for us now by Hilda Fay. Anna held her cup tightly, as close to her chin as possible. Her fingers burned. With her lip barely on the rim, she felt the steam of the tea waft over her face, warming it, invading her eyes, weaving through her hair. She had made it strong, the way he drank it. The memory of their shared breakfast together brought long buried tears throbbing and sobbing towards the table. Yeah, right. He never got up till 12 and was straight out to score. Hustle. Beg. Unless he still had some, which would be an absolute miracle, then it was straight to the bathroom. Alone with her thoughts, she wondered what was she going to do now. Single again. But unavailable. The cup was thrown. The wall splashed. The floor soaked. More work. She wanted to scream, but was afraid she'd wake the baby. The funeral. Jesus. The church was like a methadone clinic. All nasal and sleepy. There were one or two snoring. Huggins and Howie's. Well, she wasn't in the front row. That was for family. Blood is thicker and all that. His ex was up there with her three. Priority boarding. Anna only had the one. Three was a family. One was a mistake. It's not like they had spent a lifetime together. She had only known him about three years. Half of that he spent inside. She pushed the young fella along to visit every week so he'd know his father. And his father would know him. Quality parenting or what. The young scut would probably break her heart eventually, she thought, living up to his father's name. That's what they do around here. Oh, the dead are always great fellas. Famous for dying. All his side ignored her and the little fella. The grandson, the cousin or the half-brother. Take your pick. They didn't even look at him. You'd swear she killed his dad. She was shuffling around with the buggy looking for a spot. She noticed the symbols of his life they were going to bring to the altar. A football, a Beatles record and a Mars bar. For a brief funny moment, she thought she was at the wrong funeral. She'd have sent up a syringe, a bag of smack and a charge sheet. Jeez, denial or what? She didn't really know his family at all. No more than they knew him. When she came along, it seemed to give them a new direction for their resentment. Almost all of them, including Jerry, moved to the high moral ground. The arrogance of them. She supposed as long as they were looking at her... They didn't have to look at themselves or him. She knew her place in that particular tribe as far away as possible. In the end, she had to sit with the lads. Is that his little fella? Jesus, he's the image of him. The fucking image of him. Will you look at... Oh, fuck, sorry. Forgot I was in the church. It's taken forever, like, isn't it? Did they say what killed him? I'm sorry. Did they say what killed him like? Drugs killed him. 
But I mean officially. Officially? He took drugs and he died. Is that not official enough? Like, what do you want? Bleeding episode of love, hey, Jesus, I'm our here. I've had enough. I'll tell him he was at his dad's funeral. He won't know the difference. I'm glad they don't take pictures like at a wedding. On the way out, she picked up a few leaflets from the table. She'll probably never read them. It's just a habit. Courses, self-help, volunteering. As you do. She had started yoga a few weeks before she met Jerry. The community centre was going all alternative, trying to catch up with the times. Hippies, her ma would say. A dickheads, he'd say. Like, what in God's name are you doing that crap for? Pouncing about with a bunch of effing lesbians with your purple mat and water bottle. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe. She headed for the park. She was wearing a skirt for the occasion. Unusual for her. But she felt good in it. Pretty. Feminine. She took the heels off and sat on the grass. She was glad to shake off the church clinic crap. She'd just finished with a bloke before she met Jerry. He was so different. The ma loved him. He had a job. A job, for God's sake. Oh, he was treated like royalty. He was all smooth and silky. No edge. Was that the problem? Too nice. Too good for her. She was only three months with him when she got pregnant. Pregnant with his. What a nightmare. The baby wasn't six months old when his dad got nabbed. Selling to a guard. 29 previous. His attempts to go clean were noted by the judge. Funny that. She hadn't noted anything. The guards came and raided her place after he was arrested. The shame of it. All the neighbours were out for a look. They went through everything. Her stuff as well as his. Even the child's. She could feel the judgement. She was trying to be casual. Even offered them tea. It was the final straw. She swore to herself on the little fella's life that she'd leave him then. But he beat her to it. She'd a nice place when she met him. Needs a lick of paint now. Or maybe an exorcism. <laughs> she met him in the dole office. She was down sorting her rent allowance. He must have had an interview there because he looked smartly dressed. Didn't look half bad. And she'd heard stories about him but was thrown by his appearance. She knew he was married but thought nothing of it when they went for a coffee. Thought nothing of it when he disappeared into her bathroom later that evening and didn't come out for 20 minutes. And thought nothing of it when he got out of bed in the middle of the night and went home to the wife. She still can't figure out how she stayed with him. Was she lonely? Needy? Horny? What is the buzzword these days? Codependency? That's the one. I must look that up. She was always on the edge of the crowd looking in. Didn't like what she saw, but was attracted to what they had. She was a dabbler. Could never get the habit of the habit, whereas Jerry, head over heels in love with the stuff. Couldn't get too much of it. Then he did. In her mother's bathroom. She had insisted on meeting her grandson's dad and he insisted on Dutch courage. How brave is that? He was out early on temporary release for good behaviour. You couldn't make it up. Don't get me wrong, she said to herself. I'm no saint. 
She had chased the dragon herself a few times when he was flush and feeling generous. She knew the attraction. Absolute oblivion. If she was honest, she knew that her morbid fear of needles probably saved her. Saved her from falling head over heels in love with the stuff herself. Jerry put her off needles for life. Missing the vein. The fear of hitting an artery. Blunt needles. Abscesses. Jesus. The litany of terrors. The blood streaks on the wall. Even the ceiling for God's sake. How in Jesus Christ Almighty's name did she put up with it? She put her shoes back on. Sad. But you couldn't walk barefoot in the park here. Not even the kids. You never know what their little feet would find. The ice cream van was there and she bought herself an ice cream. A 99. The one with the flake. She was laughing to herself at the silliness of the extravagance. Even the inappropriateness of it. But she didn't care. This was her moment. She thought she might go up to the grave. Make sure they put him in. Do the flake ad for him. Tip of tongue to top of flake. Then slowly into mouth. Oh, she was pissing herself laughing thinking about it. <laughs> it was lunchtime now and the park was getting busy. I better compose myself, she thought. Such a giddy mood on such a sad day. I don't give a toss, she thought. But his dad is dead. Like, what does that mean? Stuck a needle in his arm and never took it out. Is that what I tell him? Poor little fella. Did it in your granny's toilet. Cracked his head off the bowl on the way down. Still clean in the place she is. Anyway. Anyway. Need to be getting home. Jerry Jr.'s nap time. I get a cuppa. Me time, she called it. Plenty of me time now. Oh, she loved the park. It was so near the flat. Stones throw away. Funny phrase, that. She wondered who measured it. How big was the stone? How long was the arm? Ah, oh, Jesus. I'm really getting silly now. Do you know what? Who cares? She skipped down the street with the buggy. Free. I'm free. He's gone. Him and his drugs. Him and his mates. His dailies. His weekend takeaways. All gone. She's seen the lads on the way back from the grave. Heading for town to score. Do a bit of robbing. They've forgotten him already. Or he'll be remembered later when they're fecking Elva. Yeah, we were in at Jerry's funeral. Jesus, now what happened to him? Oh, did ah, oh, Jesus, that's terrible. Passes that needle there, will you? I can see a vein. What was it with the addict? That absolute focus on the next hit. Jesus, like Jerry would jump over the crying child to get to the bathroom. Forgot him in the clinic once in his rush to get home. Forgot him. Like how could you forget a child? Anna wiped her eyes, brushed the floor, mopped it, wiped the tea from the wall. There's a grey healing in a cup of tea, she said to no one in particular as she emptied the shards into the bin. A nice calm green would look good in that wall, she thought, as she was wiping it. I'd seen one the other day in a paint brochure. Tranquil dawn.
the name alone would relax you. Later she would remember the church. Not the funeral, but the building. The statues and the pictures. The stained glass windows. Thought she might pop back another time when it was quiet. It'd been years since she'd been in one. I'd bring the little fella. She could imagine the calm there. Defo, I'll be back. At times she envied the peace her ma got from her religion. Wondered could she buy into that. Nah. Too many rules. Too many men. Jesus. The abuse. Her ma forgave them everything. Jerry didn't. That was Hilda Fay reading A Nice Cup of Tea by Bernard Crowley from this year's RTE Short Story Competition Shortlist. On sound was Liam Mullen, the broadcast coordinator is Elaine Conlon and the series producer is Sarah Binchy. And we'll have another story at the same time tomorrow night, Knavorlach Uignach by Nicola Crean. And there's a live event you might be interested in marking the end of this series on Friday week, that's the 21st of October. There's going to be an RTE short story special on Arena with Sean Rocks coming from the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary in County Dublin. There'll be live music, performances from all the stories and the judges will award their top prizes. And for tickets, see Pavilion Theatre And if you'd like to read all the stories and listen back to uh, past broadcasts, just head along to rte.ie slash culture.